0: of game till five my name is steph and i'm joined as always with nikki hello how are you doing today nikki i'm okay how are you i am good thank you it has been a while and a long time at work but i think we're getting long. there it too has been long i You've can't been deal with this adventuring i feel in the highlands yes. of england
1: i did but i feel like i'm getting abandonment issues from not being able to podcast more uh, it upsets my soul <laughs> I'm so sorry.
0: Well, maybe we can try out our new episode format that's coming today, and maybe we'll do more again. Yeah, sounds exciting. I know. But before we get into that kind of news, um, we should do some general housekeeping stuff. (laughs) Our podcast is a podcast where me and Nikki talk about various top five gaming topics. We sit down and we think, hey, I'm going to have a top five, and Nikki's going to have top five, and then we discuss them.
1: Is that about accurate? Is that what we do? That sounds about right. We pick any topic we feel like, or any that's recommended to us, and then we talk about it.
0: We do. Uh, This week's episode, we're mixing it up a little bit, and we're doing a short-form episode. So our brothers over at Got Till Five do this, and basically, me and Nikki, instead of having five each, we're going to have five between the two of us. And before we get going... In a minute, we're going to have a special quiz that I have designed uh, to determine who gets the number one spot.
1: Yeah, so this is going to be frustrating, because basically it means that one of us has spent a long time on their number one, and they might not be able to to say it. And I've been thinking about this all day, and how frustrated I will be if I don't get the number one spot, because that just means I don't get to talk about my number one. Well, I might cry.
0: You best get the answers to the quiz right.
1: I know. So I will be the person doing the quiz. Steph has prepared this lovely quiz for me today. And I suppose we should say really what our topic is this week. We should. Our topic
0: this week for our first short form episode is going to be our top five video game movies. Uh, And this lovely idea was presented to us by Geeks with Kid podcast, a really nice little nerdy podcast. So you should go check them out. Um, so yes. thanks,
1: guys, for that good recommendation. We have stolen that, and we have stolen that well. <laughs> and thank you to everyone else as well that provided us ideas. We'll definitely be using those in the coming future. Yeah, um, We do appreciate it just because our brains are getting stale and dying, so we're just running out of ideas, so it's much appreciated. Uh,
0: yeah, there is a list, and eventually we will get to your idea on the list. Yeah. We should also... Do some general stuff. Nikki, what have we got going on
1: in the social world? So, as usual, you can join our Discord at Game Top 5. There's probably a link on the Twitter somewhere. I try and post it every now and again. But we will be posting our basically our most recent Top 5s and our old Top 5s are there as well. If you want to go in and basically talk about what your Top 5 would be, we'd love to hear it because we get bored of each other's ideas and Top 5s. So, go do that. We also have a new coffee page. So, if you would like to support us in any way then you can basically buy us a coffee it would just be very helpful and we would love you forever you don't have to but you can if you want it's available yeah you can do it
0: we would always appreciate coffee i drink a lot of caffeine in the day gets me through
1: yeah maybe you know we'll be able to do more podcasts with more coffee if you just give us 100 coffees then maybe more podcasts i don't know the caffeine will power us through (laughs) but yeah and uh, and that's about it really that's that's it for the news, you can follow us on Twitch as well we've been streaming lately uh, we've been yeah. getting into that and our next stream I think will be No Man's Sky so we'll be going to space, that's yep. going to be a thing
0: we've got it, we've, we're going to tame some animals, explore the new update that they've given out recently I'm excited
1: yep. so definitely subscribe to us on there so you can uh, keep an eye on that
0: yeah right then, so this music quiz to kick us off uh music quiz oh yeah so it's a music slash sound quiz i've been doing some foley work today and collecting some wonderful noises uh these noises you have to guess what they are from and if you get i'm gonna say it's best out of five so if you get three right you get the number one spot or if you don't get uh three then i get them top number one spot right all right So, um, to begin this quiz, I'm going to play you a drop I made for this quiz. Oh my god. Game till fives. Special music quiz.
1: that, that my abomination friend? that you've created.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I tried really hard.
1: That's going to haunt my nightmares. Good. <laughs> what the... F- did you... Was that your voice? Yeah, I just... <laughs> changed
0: it, because I was like, oh, it would sound really good if I had, like, one of those men movie voices. So I just, like, changed the pitch down and put it in there.
1: What was the fucking, like, pipe instruments?
0: (laughs) What the fuck? It was a bunch of recorders. I thought you'd like it.
1: I just, I want to know what everyone else's reactions were to you in your office when you speak (laughs) the vocals of that.
0: Oh, I did it in the privacy of my own home.
1: Oh, okay. I thought you were doing it at work.
0: No, I made this ten seconds before we started (laughs) recording this. Oh, And I think it shows.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm proud of you, but also... I don't think that music making is your career.
0: (laughs) I've chosen the right path in game UI. I'd also Thank like you. to say
1: it's obvious that Steph didn't make the other music pieces that we experienced in our podcast. <laughs> Just that no, one.
0: That was made by a professional. Yeah. Um,
1: but anyway, we're so Right. Totally don't, distracted by that.
0: Don't make me play it again. Alright? Please don't. It's the music quiz. <laughs> the special music quiz. Right. So Nikki? Yeah? I'm going to play you a track
1: and sorry <laughs> I feel like you fucked me for this because you know you want me to lose, so you play me that abomination of music. Basically, and then I can't concentrate.
0: Yeah, it basically what it does is it ruins your eardrums and your ability to hear proper noise anymore. <laughs> so that now, whenever I play you anything you think you might recognize, instead, in your brain, <laughs> you'll just hear yeah, pretty much okay right let's be serious okay uh, the first question Nikki what is this noise that's the
1: PlayStation 1 startup right it is the PlayStation 1 startup correct you have one point hurrah Okay. That was nostalgia to my ears and I feel like it's cleansed my palate. Yeah.
0: Second question. What okay. is this noise from? God damn it. Can I, can I get that repeated? Yeah, I can play that one more time for you.
1: That's the Final Fantasy like button noise. Yes.
0: I think yeah. actually it's the save. Noise, but I will give it to you. I mean,
1: yeah, because that's quite a like which, uh, synonymous.
0: I mean, which Final Fantasy, though?
1: Oh, really? Like that's fucking. Can I can I not at least get a point for Final Fantasy, or is that? I'm gonna say that it's seven.
0: It is seven. Aha!
1: Really so far. sweet. I've got two points so two far. I just points. need one more, and you then do. I'll have it.
0: What is this noise, Nikki?
1: the fuck don't know you don't know uh, let me just let me just think on that one that's a difficult one It, it is. it just sounds like a beast rumbling but there's no way that I could probably no I, I don't think I can get that one okay that is a big daddy from bioshock Ah oh, fuck I'm a disappointment to myself you
0: are You've disgraced your family. I have. Right. Next one point to me. By the way, oh, you get points. Well, I mean, I I get minus points because <clears throat> I want points. Um, okay. Next one. What is this noise from?
1: World well launched. I mean, you've given me quite an easy one there. I have. That's from Mass Effect Three. It's yeah, it's the Mass Effect Um Yes, when I mean I know it well because I probed those planets all day long.
0: Yeah, I wondered
1: what, how how into probing you were. So that means I have three. So that pretty much means I've got the top spot. Is that right or not? It
0: does. It means you've got the top spot.
1: But I still want my other questions. Damn it. Okay,
0: the last question is: What is this noise, Nikki? me! Ah, uh, that's Toe Jam from Toe Jam and L. It's not one. Toe Jam. What? Toe jam, no. It is Earthworm Jim from Earthworm Jim.
1: Really? Yeah. It sounds a lot like Toe Jam because I'm pretty sure he said groovy, but well, it doesn't matter. I mean, that's a good one. That was mm. a very good one. Now you've said it, it makes sense. Yeah. But well, my guess was still, you know, That's the right.
0: end of the Game Till 5 special music quiz.
1: I thought you were going to play the music again. Oh, God.
0: Game till fives. Special music quiz.
1: I'm so sorry, everyone, that she's done this. you're welcome everyone that's glorious it's genius um, i think I'll, I'll love it eventually like you, an ugly child
0: you'll grow to <laughs> you'll grow to accept it it will just you know stockholm syndrome its way into your life yeah that's what i've designed so to i be.
1: won the, the top five and i'm very happy about it sorry not the top five i won the f- number one in the top five yeah
0: you so now nikki basically gets to have her
1: number one uh, instead of my number one. Do you get to tell us what your number one is or not? Or is that not uh, okay? Yeah, I can tell you what my number one really is. But you is know not any information other than that because you lost.
0: Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. I accept the rules of my quiz that I invented. <laughs> <laughs> um, <It's> okay. <laughs> right, in that case, um, we should quickly explain Beedle and then just get into it. Yeah,
1: Beetle is a thing. Oh! Is that what you're <laughs> going to say? Yeah, no, Beedle interrupts us if we have a clash, like, so if we have the same thing. I do feel like I'm going to end up stealing one of yours, or it could have been your number one.
0: I think you not, might do,
1: actually. Not sure, but it doesn't matter. If if we do have one that's exactly the same, then Beedle announces himself like that.
0: Yeah. And then one of us just yells at the other one.
1: Yeah. Um. And yeah, so I guess we're ready to do the top five. We are ready to do the top five, in which case I'll play an actual intro
0: that... um. Someone not quite as talented as me made. What are you buying? How about a game of lucky hit?
1: A three headed monkey! Let's go! Alright then, Nikki. I think I am number five because that's the order in which it would go for me to be number one. Yeah, My I'm, rightful spot. I get four and two and you get five, three, one. So our topic this week, as we said, is top five video game movies. I think it's worth noting that although these are our top five video game movies, we are in no way saying that these movies are necessarily good. They yeah. are just our top five of the video game movies that have been made because a lot of the time, 90% of the time, video game films are trash.
0: Yeah. Also, it's kind of like we're not we're not movie people, expert-wise, you know? Like, we're not game expert either, but we can talk a bit more about games, I think, than we can
1: talk yeah, about Yeah, I, well, I think for this one, it's a nice change from the norm, because it we're not is. necessarily talking about games, but we're talking about how games have influenced films, which I think will actually be quite an interesting one, um, and I'm quite excited to do it. I do feel like I will have a bit of a bitch about some of these. As I said, it's not that we're like saying that they're the best ever, it's just that these are the best out of potential shit films. Yeah, that's fair. So, my number 5 is Resident Evil, the first one. Oh! <laughs> really? That
0: was going to be probably my number 1 or my really? number 3. Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, that's cool, because it gets mentioned anyway. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so I specifically went for the first one as well, because I just think it was the best one out of a lot of them. Yeah. But, yeah, Resident Evil is a 2002 action horror film. It was written and directed by Paul W.S. Anderson. So this was released when I think I was about 12, and I had grown up with a lot of the Resident Evil games by that point. I think actually by that point, maybe it was 1 and 2 had been released and so for me I was very excited I was a very excited 12 year old probably shouldn't have been watching it when I was 12 again I'm always condemning my parents here Uh, but the film is the first instalment of the Resident Evil film series which that does become quite a lot it stars Milia Djokovic and Michelle Rodriguez I was going to mention the other actors but to be honest I I didn't really know who they were unless I saw their faces so I was just going to mention the two best ladies of that film
0: oh yeah, Lady Power
1: yeah so the film generally received mixed reviews from critics. Uh was a it was a box office success and it grossed more than a hundred million worldwide, but it did definitely get mixed reviews. I could see that on Rotten Tomatoes I think it had a 34% with a four point five uh out of ten sort of average and yeah. a lot of people kind of critiqued it and was like, it's a pile of shit. But it did get six point seven on IMDB, which I guess is okay. Uh, And it received five sequels, which was Resident Evil Apocalypse, Resident Evil Extinction, (laughs) Resident Evil Afterlife, Resident Evil Retribution, Resident Evil The Final Chapter. Now, I've only seen one and two and a bit of three. And honestly, I just checked out, I think by three, I just thought that they were getting... They just annoyed me in the end, but we'll talk about that. So, I will give a bit of a backstory to the general story of the film, which is that um, underneath Raccoon City existed a genetic research facility called The Hive. This was owned by Umbrella Corporation, obviously who are prevalent throughout the video games. The story begins with a thief stealing the genetically engineered T-virus and contaminates The Hive with it. In response, The Hive goes batshit crazy, uh, which is basically the artificial intelligence, the Red Queen. She goes crazy and seals The Hive and kills everyone inside, but she doesn't really kill them. She basically makes them into zombies. Because it is Resident Evil after all. Yeah. Good old so, zombies. Yeah. So many zombies in this movie. But they're all they're pretty good looking for zombies. Yeah. But the film follows Alice, which is Mila Djokovic. She wakes up with amnesia and doesn't really know what the fuck's going on. A bunch of people uh, come in and they're trying to shut down the hive, basically. She finds out that she used to be a head, basically head of the security protecting the facility with her fake husband. But her fake husband's a dick sort of, because he was actually yeah. the one who stole the team, basically caused everything. It's his damn fault. Yeah, so it was basically all of his fault. And everything kind of goes from there, with them basically trying to shut down the hive and just stop Zombino invasion. Yeah. So in, in the movie, you see quite a few characters. You do see some characters from the games. You see, like, the infected dogs. You see liquors, And yeah, it's is a lot of references but probably less so than in the other movies so so there are a lot of references in the film which sort of reference Resident Evil 2 Resident Evil 3 and 1 where basically well I mean the fact that Alice wakes up in Raccoon City is a pretty direct reference and obviously the sort of presence of Umbrella and the Nemesis program which is kind of ongoing And I think personally, there are a lot of sort of subtle references to the game, the kind of atmosphere, the noises, some of like the shots that they do. And there's also quite a funny reference, which is apparently at one point, four bodies of the group um, disappear. Apparently that is a kind of a reference to where basically the bodies in Resident Evil would just constantly disappear. Mostly because they were zombies and they were off doing other things, but yeah. Yeah, That's sort of known as as a direct reference. Uh, apparently as well when the survivors make their escape from the Hive uh, there's like a timer countdown as they fight the final boss, which is obviously like direct reference to, to video games and always normally having like a time especially in Resident Evil to do something. So none of the main characters from the game do appear in this one. However obviously it's later revealed, spoiler that one of the guys is or to become Nemesis because he gets dragged off by umbrella and they then experiment on him Uh, experiment (laughs) experiment experiment on him so he basically uh becomes a pretty badass zombie there's also apparently a shot of alice's eye right near the film which is like a real close-up which is uh, a direct reference obviously to, to like the famous eye with the resident evil games and uh, and yeah, so there there is those kind of references there, which is nice, but it doesn't wholly take from the story, which some people kind of judge and dislike, but some people prefer. I think it depends how people feel about general video game storylines, taking exactly from the game or not. Yeah. So talking about the script and everything and taking from the game, it seems that the, the game actually took a long time to come to... Fruition, and then for them to find the right person to actually direct it and script it. So they went for a few screenwriters that they kind of ummed and ahd about, and in fact, they actually had George A. Romero write a script. So he directed a television commercial for the video game Resident Evil 2, and the original games director Shinji Mikami, who was a fan of Romero, decided that this commercial was amazing and impressed Sony enough for them to ask him to write and direct Resident Evil. So he created his, you know, screenplay and everything and writing something. And the game generally was based quite heavily on the first Resident Evil game, but he put so much effort in. He, like, he basically got loads of his staff to play the entire game all the way through and record it so he could study it. And did, he just did a lot, which is really cool. Yeah. He was going to have Chris and Jill as the lead characters involved in a romantic relationship. And he was going to have... a uh, Barry, Rebecca, Ada Wong, Albert Wesker, and everything and the ending apparently was going to be quite similar to the ending of the first Resident Evil game so he like, he did a fuckload but his script was rejected which when I was reading this I was so mad I was just yep. like, <laughs> I just I, how could you not hire Romero? Right, I like
0: Godfather of Zombie like movies in general and then also what sounds like the right kind of script like a script that actually works with the game like, and yeah. has refer- proper references rather than just like small random yeah. references that don't actually make any sense
1: yeah it's quite frustrating I think and I imagine it was probably quite frustrating for him
0: yeah
1: but apparently they rejected it for the same kind of reasons that they rejected another guy's was that because apparently by the time it was finished the second game would have come out and they felt that uh, a movie based on the first game would have been dated and boring, which again I completely disagree with. I don't think there was anything wrong with basing the game on the first one. Like that was a good enough story in itself, and a lot of people were enticed by that. So, mm. yeah, that annoyed me. Um, they finally obviously settled on somebody, and that was Paul W S Anderson. And apparently that was because of his Mortal Kombat movie. Apparently I don't know. They just oh, decided the Mortal that, Kombat movie. Yeah, that that was that was endearing enough. So. <laughs> So he did it, and I, it's annoyed me ever since. Like I don't know. <laughs> I mean, ever since I mean, literally like five hours ago. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but, I don't know. Just like since 2002, this has bothered me yeah, greatly. Just I sat- just feel
1: because the fact what annoys me more is the fact that these main characters pop up in the other films, but I just don't. I mean, two is okay. Two is the one that I'll kind of pass on as well. Two is okay. One is all right. But then when everyone else starts coming in, I'm like, what the fuck. Yeah. But I don't know. I just think it would have been nice, cleaner for them to do it the Ramiro way. But hey, we didn't get the Ramiro way, and that's that. that. Accept it. Yeah, we got Paul Anderson's way. That's what we got. Mm. Do you want to say anything about this one because this was one of yours?
0: Um, I think you've pretty much covered it. I remember the lasers that turn people into cubes.
1: That was a great
0: scene. Uh, that was a fun one. Uh, and zombie dogs, which I have a fact about. Um, that I would like to share.
1: Yeah, of course. We're not onto the facts yet. I'm taking control of this, but uh, we'll get there soon. I was going to mention about the lasers because I was watching something quickly earlier on YouTube about this film and they actually made a sculpture out of like, it looked like plastic. I don't even know what it was. Or like clay of like the cubes where it got completely sliced so that they could have, oh, it was so good. That was a great scene. Ah,
0: That's quite a cool one. Uh, Weirdly, I was watching like a YouTube video the other day uh, before we decided to do this which was like I don't know if you've ever seen them they're like a uh, VFX artists reacts type of one yeah and uh, they covered this movie and that scene where he gets turned into thing they weren't like too unimpressed by it like the fact that he like just melts into yeah. cubes and stuff it's a it's a great scene it's not like a lovely scene because obviously yeah. a man is turned into dog food but still um i remember being quite scared of the
1: child ai See, I liked that and I think one of the reasons why I liked the Child AR was because it I mean, it's not really directly related, but the idea of having the little girl present reminded me a lot of um the little girl in Resident Evil Two whose name I've entirely forgotten. Is it Cheryl? No, I don't even know. But anyway, I think it is Cheryl. She's obviously in Resident Evil Two and she's like quite a, a strong little character. And that's what it kinda of reminded me of. I remember when I first watched it, that's what I thought of. And I think I was probably purposefully picking up on these little references uh to the actual game and that was one of them. I yep. thought she was I thought she was, she was fucking creepy but she was cool. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. And and yeah, I just think when it came out it was just a it was an all right video game movie. It wasn't the best. Could have been done better. Bring in George Romero, but it was it was fine. It was good.
0: Yeah. I think that's a good description. At the time it came out with like probably one of the first kind of horror movies that um I remember being allowed to watch
1: properly. So is this I think where your fear of zombies came from probably
0: this is this is what started it. I think what really cemented it was like twenty eight days later, but this this movie probably started it because I don't remember being that scared of the zombies in this movie, but I remember enjoying this movie because yeah. it was like a little different from the horror movies because it was based on games and I liked games. I don't know what it was. It was just kind of like something we watched quite a lot at like sleepovers and stuff at that age.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was good. It was it was a good film. Mm-hmm. It was fine but um so we can do some facts i'll go for mine yep carry on which is one of my favorite facts because she's a great actress i don't know what happened to her i don't know what she's doing i don't know where she's at but michelle rodriguez Rodriguez. sorry yeah
0: she's one of my favorite i think she's i say she's my favorite
1: can't even say her name michelle rodriguez is that right yeah she plays rain so she's a cool character in there but the, the fun fact about her is the fact that she apparently before the film even happened had said to her agent to let her know if anyone ever writes a script for the film version of the game that she wants to be in it. So when the director and writer Paul Anderson screenplay was obviously going about she went like straight into it and she got it which is so cool.
0: Yeah. I like she's always one of these people who does like badass women really well i mean that's probably her typecast at the moment now but yeah
1: but she always dies yeah
0: it's like sean bean
1: but uh (laughs) she is she is the female sean bean um but yeah i thought that was awesome the fact that she was totally into it before the film comes out because normally you know actors and stuff will really get into it and watch it because they're gonna be in it but the fact that she was already in love with it before i think is just awesome yeah so another fact as well relating to that is apparently the main cast were instructed to play the original games all the way through as a part of their training and research yes. for the roles. Some members apparently were worried they won't be able to complete the games before filming. Um, apparently they watch other people beating the game instead. But I, I like that because I think if you are going to be in a video game movie, well that, a movie that's based on a video game, I think you should play or at least watch. Yeah, well it's like
0: reading the book that a movie's based on. Yeah. Right? You need to understand the source material of something that just makes sense.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, also apparently Gwyneth Paltrow was originally slated to play Alice instead mm. of Mila Djokovic. Did read that. Yeah, which would have been weird.
0: Yeah, and uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar.
1: Really? Yeah, That's good odd. old Buffy. Um, but apparently it's good that they that she didn't because Mila Djokovic uh, then ended up marrying Paul Anderson the, she did. the writer and director and they have two kids so Aww, that's nice
0: happy ending
1: yeah do you want to do some of your facts I feel bad um,
0: yeah I'll do some facts so one of my facts was about the laser hallway and the bodies vanishing um, and another fact was about George R. R. Romero so I think the only two facts that I have left that I'm going to do is um, that there were zombie dogs in the movie if you remember there was Um The crew had a hard time dealing with these dogs, as they kept on licking the blood and meat off of themselves.
1: I have that written down as best fact ever. Yeah, it's fantastic.
0: I'm like, of course dogs were licking stuff off of themselves that you've them in. Like, that just makes sense. Um, That's that's a good fact. That was. And the other one was the lickers nickname on set was Clint.
1: (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) They're my two facts. (laughs) Um, I've got I've got two more that I'm that I'm gonna spat off, which is uh, a reference to the game, which is Alice's fake husband. So he's the guy that fucked everything up. Yeah, his name is Spence, and this is thought to be a, a reference to the first game, which took place in Spencer Estate, which is the mansion. And also one of the three founders of Umbrella Corporation in the game series is named Oswald Spencer. So I like a reference. Yeah, it's a good one. So, and the other the other fact I've got is that apparently, according to Mila Djokovic on the DVD commentary, it was a crew member's birthday on the last day of filming and bottles of champagne were brought on set. But Paul W.S. Anderson was worried that the cast and crew would drink too much, but they said that they would just have one glass and no more. But sure enough, the whole cast and crew got drunk whilst waiting for the film, and they basically filmed a few scenes a bit drunk. Which, take that, Paul Anderson. Yeah. Should have been George Romero. He <laughs> would have let everyone get drunk and be fine about it.
0: I mean, it's a zombie movie. It doesn't really matter if people are
1: staggering around all over the place, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um. Also worth noting that Mila Djokovic apparently did all her own stunts, which is a lot of the cuts and stuff on her face are apparently real, which is cool.
0: That's very cool. She is a very actiony kind of person
1: i have to say i've never watched any of the other Resident Evils. it's just this one i would recommend watching two Mm. i think that one i can stomach i kind of want to watch the last two the most recent ones because i think they have a lot of characters in from the games and i'm just kind of curious so i may watch those at some point yeah
0: i know what you mean about uh video game movies you're just kind of curious to see what they've done with them rather than even if you read a review and you're like i know this is going to be trash but still yeah
1: okay well yeah that was my number five and i must admit that was probably the most information i've got for one of mine so feel free to do your number four.
0: Oh, exciting okay well in that case i'm going to you straight onto to my number four and my number four is detective pikachu
1: <laughs> this isn't one of mine but i haven't actually seen it i wish i have
0: oh you should watch it it's a good film um it came out obviously really recently this year and it's a very enjoyable movie um if you're a bit of a pokemon fan Um, Even if you don't play much of the games or you just kind of play Pokemon Go and stuff, I think you'll enjoy it. It's a very easy kind of like comfortable movie to watch. Um, And I think they did a really good job of making, you know, a movie in the universe um, of Pokemon. And like, especially considering like some of the other ones that are kind of set in the really like the anime based ones. uh, I liked the first one that ever came out, like just Pokemon uh, Mew versus Mewtwo which was a good one but you know the rest of them I can take or leave some of them but this it just kind of like reinvented itself a little bit um the basic kind of plot without giving too much away um is that uh ace detective Harry Goodman mysteriously goes missing uh which prompts his 21-year-old son Tim to find out what happened um he kind of goes around and he's not much of a pokemon person uh, but he eventually makes friends with uh, Harry's former Pokemon partner who happens to be a little adorable Detective Pikachu um, and he finds out that he is the only person as well who can actually talk to Pikachu and Pokemon He normally he can't talk to anything and it's just Pikachu he can talk to which is a bit of a weird one but he is the fabled Pikachu um, and Ryan Reynolds' voice is coming out of it which is quite fun um, but basically they kind of join forces to go on the mystery and kind of untangle the crazy web but it's an actual pretty good mystery movie um you know it's it's one of those ones where you think like oh this is gonna be a kind of kid level movie but there's definitely some stuff that's on the typical like pixar thing where you've got stuff for kids to keep them entertained and then you've also got like some little bit more adult nods and jokes in there Um, I have to say, when I think this movie was first announced, it kind of seemed like a joke. Especially even when the game got announced, because it seemed like a joke. Because the game is even worse. Like, there was a trailer that came out for Detective Pikachu, and it's like Pikachu in his little detective hat, and then out comes this really deep, manly
1: voice out of him. Yeah, I got questions about that.
0: Yeah, it's a little bit weird. However, I think because of Ryan Reynolds' tones, it kind of works, because he's a little bit higher... Um, it just kind of suits the frame well.
1: Um, so that was fine? That wasn't something... Like, because that's what I mean. I haven't... Watched, it's not like I haven't wanted to watch it. I just haven't. The The fact that Ryan Reynolds was voicing in Pikachu wasn't weird?
0: No. Weirdly, I was like, oh, I would have been cool if it was somebody else. Because obviously we have so much Ryan Reynolds in Deadpool and that kind of thing. But actually, no, it's fine. You get really into it. And I think there's a good enough story there. And there's a good enough acting from the main guy, Justice Smith, that just kind of smooths over that. And obviously, he's... Ryan Reynolds is good at what he does, so... Um, yeah, it's a good movie. I would definitely recommend watching it. Um, even if you think, like, rest of Pokemon movies are pretty trashy, this one kind of steps up the bar a little bit
1: more. I think they're just different. Like, I mean, I... Like, obviously, I, I watched a few of, like, the TV series, and I guess that's what makes it not so shocking to have a pokemon movie because obviously there's all this the tv show and everything and the other pokemon movies mm-hmm. but to see it in the way that it is where it's 3 D and more like a hollywood movie like that was somewhat terrifying but i guess they i mean from what i've heard they nailed it
0: yeah like i said the story is really good it's a really fun movie there are some really funny bits in there there's a bit with a lull tad and it kills me every time um, and the visuals are really cool. Like you said, Like it's not kind of the cartoony thing and it's not really close to what the game kind of art is like. They've gone really realistic with the Pokemon, which is something that you've never really seen before. The Pokemon are kind of given this real realistic feel, um, which is actually one of my facts, which was that the Pokemon design was based on uh, some artwork by a guy named uh, RJ Palmer um and the pokemon movies production designer found his artwork um and he was like so impressed by the artwork that palmer had created that he gave him a job as the concept artist for the movie
1: was that the guy that did like the kind of realish looking pokemon yeah or yeah yeah i think so, i've seen some of
0: that what this po- uh, pokemon movie does it kind of puts like these really realistic textures and shapes on kind of mm. weird like you know pokemon don't you know, you're so used to seeing them as these weird cartoon little half-animals. Um, and he kind of bumps up this realism and stuff. And some of them look a bit horrendous, but kind of a good way. And some of them look, like, perfect. Like Pikachu himself, the fuzz and stuff that they managed to get on him is really cute. And the lighting and stuff. I don't know, they've done a really good job on the effects as well, and I think that makes quite a bit... Um, a bit of an improvement to the movie. It's less jarring
1: and stuff. Is the... Is the kind of storyline of the movie true to the Pokemon world? Because I think of it like, you know, when you think of the games and I guess the TV shows, it's kind of in this little happy anime world where people are living in like little villages in the forest catching Pokemon. Whereas I look at it and I think it's in like, it's more of a real world thing. Does it sort of stay true to Pokemon in that way or not?
0: um yeah I mean it kind of takes I think like you said like takes what you know about Pokemon having like there are some slightly more sleepy towns and then also puts in like Pokemon has a little bit of a darker side there even in the games Ooh. um and the real world setting that it kind of is in is you kind of start in one town and then you go to a big city uh and the cities obviously feels a little bit more like a real world city where it's got some dark places and some got some like slightly more shiny modern-y kind of places um but, yeah, I think it kind of reflects, you know, the Pokemon feeling and the story and kind of, you know, the, the characters in it. But I think it does take a little bit more of a turn into looking at some other sides of Pokemon, uh, if that makes sense. So, like, okay. the main guy in it isn't really a Pokemon trainer. Um, he doesn't even have a Pokemon. So it's not like... You know, it kind of shows you the Pokemon side of people who aren't Pokemon trainers. It just what kind of loser. shows you... <laughs> it just kind of shows you, like, people who and Pokemon in a world, like, where they would just normally work together or do stuff together.
1: Uh, like More in, kind like, of, a realistic sense. Like, yeah. you're playing Pokemon Go, I guess.
0: Yeah, kind of like playing Pokemon Go. And, like, the city that it's based in as well, like, the idea in that is that Pokemon and people are working together and they kind of have their own separate lives but together in the city so they're like pokemon are there but they're not like particularly owned by anything like there's jobs for them on the police and stuff like that so Aww. yeah it's cute it's, it is very cute and it's very nice take on pokemon and i think a little hear, bit more of a modern pokemon
1: i hear good things about bulbasaur apparently people are like in love with the bulbasaur in the movie
0: oh man i can tell you about the bulbasaur
1: like bulbasaur is one of my favorite
0: pokemons ever um, and Bulbasaur looks so cute. He's like this tiny little squishy thing, just big eyes. Oh, makes my heart melt. <laughs> it's like a little frog. I will,
1: I will watch it soon. Do you yeah. have any facts?
0: I do have some facts. Um, so, one of my facts is at one point, Pikachu kind of looks at Psyduck, uh, and Psyduck's having a little freak out. Um, Pikachu says to try and keep him calm, he keeps re- repeating the term serenity now. Uh, for a number of times and this catchphrase, Serenity Now, is from an episode of Seinfeld. Quite a big one. It's quite funny. Um, So it's a weird little reference to Seinfeld in there and my other fact is that the Pokemon company tried to keep Mr. Mime from appearing in the movie because they thought he would not come out well in live action. I Uh, agree. Yeah. (laughs) Rob Letterman, however, ended up having to pitch the whole idea personally to the president and try to cajole them into letting him appear
1: oh so he does appear
0: yeah he does appear he has quite horrendous he isn't that bad and actually has one of the funnier parts in the Pokemon movie I think you'll enjoy seeing Mr. Mime so I'm glad that he campaigned (laughs) to get Mr. Mime in this movie he's less like creepy hanging out with Ash's mum kind of deal yeah it works (laughs) it works and um, yeah that's my fact at number four
1: is Detective Pikachu and you should definitely watch it because it's cute cool so that means we're on to my number three it does and I think my number three is probably uh, a crossover so my number three is Advent Children no no I thought it would be no so well I say Advent Children Final Fantasy 7 Advent Children is the is the name it is a CGI animated film that is a sequel to Final Fantasy 7 and it was released in 2005 it received uh, okay, pretty good reviews, 7.2 yeah, to IMDb, Rotten right. right Tomatoes was 84%, so pretty good scoring. When I first watched the film, it was when it just came out, so it must have been, what, 15? Yeah. And I didn't really like it. It took me many years to like it and i don't i think maybe it was because i was stuck in the nostalgia of final fantasy 7 being young and i admitted in other episodes that back then i didn't fully understand the final fantasy 7 story until i was older and the darkness to it and how complex it was because i was a child like i when i first played it, i was like eight or nine yeah i wasn't in it for the for the dark shit but obviously When I watched Afghan Children, I was super excited for it. I knew about it coming out. And I think I just expected something a lot more lighthearted and a bit easier Mm. to kind of watch. But when it came out, it was, you know, it was it was different. Uh, I will go into a bit of the, the backstory to it. So it basically takes place two years after Final Fantasy VII. And the world is now suffering from a disease called geostigma, for which there is no cure. So, suspecting a link between the disease and the alien entity Genova, Rufus Shinra from Final Fantasy 7, president of what was once the Shinra Electric Power Company, tasks his assistants and bodyguards the Turks with the retrieval of Genova's head from its last known location. And while the agents are retrieving it, they find some hostile forces there. And basically he was very concerned with this, so he makes contact with Avalanche, which is Cloud Strife and Tifa and all the other members. There's also two children involved now. Well, there was always Marlene, who is Barrett's daughter, uh, but there was also a new child on the scene, who is Denzel. (laughs) A new child. (laughs) Uh, He's infected with geostigma. I don't think Marlene is. So, you basically, it's all about this geostigma, which is a bit dark anyway, to be honest. The fact that all these children and all these people have this disease is, again, fairly dark. Not that happy. Cloud also has geostigma, which he keeps from his friends. And while battling a growing depression and lack of self-confidence as he feels guilty for the deaths of Zach Fair and Aerith Gainsborough, he receives a call while en route somewhere, can't remember, on his cool motorbike, because Cloud is looking cool. Oh yeah. All his Instagram dreams have come true. <laughs> if you listen to our last
0: living on episode,
1: the- <laughs> a few episodes ago, Final Fantasy 7, where we discussed the fact that Cloud likes to Live his life at a different kind of perspective yeah, to what it lives actually is. Yeah, he lives, he lives for a distorted life than than mm-hmm. reality. But uh, he's on his motorbike and he runs into three cool guys dressed in black and riding <laughs> motorcycles. Uh, these three guys are the remnants of Sephiroth from the game. Sephiroth was the was the evil guy from that one. So these three cool, these three cool dudes. (laughs) I'm so not cool. (laughs) Uh, They were the remnants of Sephiroth, and they are now embarking onto the world in pursuit of their mother's head to initiate the reunion, which is gross.
0: Yeah, when you really describe it out in like a sentence, that doesn't sound right, but it's Genova, right? They're looking for.
1: Yes. Yeah. So mother, yeah, Genova is mother. Uh, who was Sephiroth's, what
0: I'd say, mother? Yeah, they call her mother, but it's a weird... It's not a real mother-son relationship.
1: No, it's weird. So I've just got them written here, and then the shit ensues from there, Um, (laughs) because I didn't want to go into everything, because I don't want to completely spoil the movie, because it is a good film, despite what I was saying earlier. (laughs) So, as I said, it is a good film. It just took me a long time to like it, because I expected something else and I think it's understandable with from some of the facts that I've got of why it is the way it is and I think from what I from what I sort of found out it felt that Nomura felt that Advent Children differed from Hollywood films because the most of the scenes tend to be explained whereas of Advent Children a lot of the scenes weren't really explained that apparently they wanted the viewers to be able to interpret scenes themselves allowing them to come to different conclusion and not have it kind of spelled out for you which I get, yeah. but at the same time, I don't know. So, one of the facts that kind of explains maybe the way it is is apparently the creators of the film had no prior knowledge of how to make a movie. So, it was based on their knowledge of in game movies, like the cutscenes, ah. which I don't know this fully because I feel like that wouldn't make any sense. Like, how could the creators not have known how to make a movie? I feel like they did. They made Spirits Within, right? Like, I don't know. Maybe it was different people. I find that fact weird and I'm not sure the validity of it. But if that is the case, I feel like that makes sense. Because I think in some ways, I thought the movie was almost like a giant cutscene of a game.
0: Yeah, I mean, it does kind of explain the cut, like cutscene feel to the movie, I mm. guess. And I guess, yeah, if you're right, like in that case, they would have all the technical ability to make a movie and kind of half the ability to tell a story in those little moments. So they probably thought, yeah, why can't we just expand this with our story yeah. writers and just kind of go for a full cutscene kind of thing because that's kind of what Final Fantasy was known for is doing yeah. cutscenes
1: I think if you know the game well which as I said by the time I watched it again when I was a bit older I knew the complexities in the storyline I liked it a lot more
0: Yeah,
1: but going from when I was a bit younger to when I just remembered maybe the happier kind of moments or like the sort of novelty of Final Fantasy 7 with Chocobos and the Golden Saucer and other moments like that I was, I think, I was slightly disappointed, but you know, going back to it, it, you know, it's it's a dark film and it has this kind of sad undertone to it. It's it's good, like it's fine. As I said, none of these are like would ever be on my top five movies of all time, but the film itself is it's a nice little ode to Final Fantasy VII. The game, I wouldn't say it stands alone. If you wouldn't, if you if the game wasn't to exist, like the the film would probably be trash, really, but. It's a nice ode to the game that I think that's the best way to kind of describe it,
0: yeah, I think it tries to tie off not loose ends because it doesn't really tie any loose ends off, it just kind of creates some new ones, but I guess it yeah. just gives you that moment of this is a little bit of story after the events of you know yeah, what happens in the game
1: if i if I'd had my way like if, if you know i made the film i would have definitely <laughs> made it a lot more light-hearted have a lot more final fantasy novelties a lot more of the game encompassed within the film as opposed to just sort of taking i don't know feeling like a, a massive cutscene basically mm-hmm. i don't know i could i could talk about it forever but it, it was fine it was good it it did require a lot of rewatching, and many years but it's it's good. You got that, Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Got there. So I couldn't find that many facts to be honest for this. I, I did try, but um I just got a couple, to be honest. A lot of them were quite boring, so I just picked some ones that were somewhat interesting. Which is apparently the producers of the film openly admit that they turned Cloud from the series serious hero into the brooding loner, because the fans would be familiar with this image of him, which is hilarious. It is <laughs> yep. kind of deep.
0: Yeah, just right in his little face. <laughs>
1: First they were like, no, you're too serious. And they're like, so we're going to make you a brooding loner. I mean, he was always really a brooding loner. I don't think they made him into a brooding loner. Yeah,
0: I was going to say that kind of is one in the same almost, yeah. right?
1: Yeah. I think they just captured his personality well, which is unfortunately not much of one. Yeah. I know I shit on Cloud a lot and I do love Cloud, but when I really look back at the game and, and the movie and everything, I do think that like he needs more.
0: Yeah. No, I'm with you. He's yeah. like He is not the character in that. In that game.
1: You know what I no. mean? Yeah. But anyway, he's fine. <laughs> we'll let him be. You <laughs> it's know, fine. It's he, fine. It's all fine. <laughs> Everything's burning. So my last fact, which is really rubbish, I don't have that many facts, is that Tifa's fighting style against Loz, which is one of the uh, Sephiroth's minions, mirrors some of her limit breaks from the game. She opens up with Beat Rush, comes back with her water kick, backs him into the corner with Somerset, and ends with Meteor Strike, which, you know, is just a reference the game (laughs) that's all i've got i mean i like uh, it yeah how do you feel about advent children
0: um i do really
1: enjoy adventure
0: and it was like one of the things about maybe i was going to put it on this list um i have the same thing i remember watching it and being thoroughly kind of confused when i first watched it and then i think as i got older i'm a little bit more accepting of it yeah that was like Um, me but yeah in general i remember enjoying it i just remember it thinking it had like really nice visuals and it was quite uh like some of the music choices and stuff like that in the movie were quite cool. Um and it was just nice to see characters that you'd known as like real blocky lumps you know, lump of people yeah. kind of in a nice realistic way that you'd seen people drawing them for years
1: and years. You know I what I mean? Like it made us hopeful for the remake. And it definitely did me. Yeah. yeah. I, I admit, when you say about the visuals, I agree. Like, I think the reason why I didn't like it again when I was really young, when I first picked it up, was because I had a very bad copy, because I was a bit naughty, and I, I think I got one of the leaked copies that came out before it should have done, so the quality oh, was a bit goodness. shy. So, <laughs> I mean, I was a 15-year-old fucking rebel. Um, <laughs> but I knew how to do that shit. I was a hacker. No, I wasn't really. Um... <laughs> I, when I later watched it, a good quality yeah. Blu-ray maybe, can't remember I was much more impressed, I was like oh, this is what it's like to be to be a good human <laughs> and watch <laughs> a good version without being lazy and impatient.
0: Yeah, you get rewarded strangely
1: for uh, for yeah. watching <laughs> things in the quality when you buy yeah, them. That's, that's why I stopped my hackaways. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, generally yeah. I'll give it uh, yeah, I was gonna give it something out of ten, and I was like, I don't know.
0: I'll give it three Nikki stars out of Nikki's. Yeah, that that's
1: the one. All right. So yeah, it, it was fine. Yeah. <laughs> <So> <laughs> this whole top five is it was fine. It
0: was I a fine. Mean, movie. That's exactly how you stopped talking about uh, Resident Evil. It was fine. I gave it one fine out of two <laughs> fines from Nikki.
1: Good day. Maybe my number one will be more than fine. Maybe it'll be... Tune in. <laughs> Find out. Maybe it'll be four fines out of fine.
0: Whoa, now. Let's not get crazy.
1: Oh, wait. So, before... I've got to interrupt you there. Before uh-huh. we go on to your number two, we are starting a new segment of the podcast, which is that we are going to read the iTunes reviews that we have received.
0: Yes. As a nice thank you more like mentions we're not just reading them because we're like look at all the wonderful things that people have said about us we
1: want to be grateful for the things that people have said and give them a shout out for being nice to us and go into our effort to put some words on a page
0: yeah we appreciate those words
1: yeah so because we've never done this before we have a slight backlog backlog. not that many not gonna toot our horn that much (laughs) We don't have that many, but I'm going to read them out because these people deserve a mention, and we'll be doing this each week if we get them. We might not. Might be once in a blue moon, but if you want to leave us a review, we'll read it out. Whether yeah. it's mean or nice, we don't care.
0: Even if you don't leave anything written, you can always just rate us five stars. We accept stars too.
1: Yeah, I'll accept anything.
0: Yeah, She'll take all she could get.
1: <laughs> Alright. <laughs> um, I do have, you know some class some standards I have yet to see them but they're there <laughs> so our first one that we ever got was from Nick EE89 and they said listen to their episode on the top 5 PlayStation games I was really impressed give the show a listen if you're into gaming I'll be waiting for the next episode I hope you're still here that's all I'm going to say yeah <laughs> you may have heard the next one and been like what the fuck are, what the fuck are they on about who are yeah, these
0: people that makes sense
1: uh and we also have one from gizmoto 16 now i'm going to assume this is our friend sam from the geek heart games podcast don't know though i'm sorry if it's not but uh this review is the hosts are charming and fun each episode they go through a top five list of video game related topics they have really good taste in games thank you with both resident evil and worm showing up on a recent list can't wait to hear more thank you it's very fitting that resident evil also showed up in this list we have another review from ABP Finance who said great show keep it up very entertaining and another review which is from Pod Addict T which is a uh, great show the game to five is one of the rare gems you're always looking for but can never seem to find with expert audio quality I'm assuming this might have been after I sounded like I was in a bin yeah that's <laughs> that's going to be a later episode for sure <laughs> A fantastic premise and great assortment of titles. This wholly original podcast will leave you longing for more. Stop reading my review and hit play already. Thank you. That was a very nice review. That
0: was. Very eloquent. More eloquent than we are, so.
1: (laughs) and Finally, our other review is from the greatest story ever played podcast... Definitely go listen to these guys. Uh, yes. But their review is: look no further for your top fives. Each episode, Stephanie give their top fives on a variety of things in gaming, their friendship, and love for video games. It's really fun to sit in on each week. They are lots of fun. Some of my favorite episodes are top N sixty four games, top moving games, and their favorite games from two thousand eighteen. Thank you.
0: I'm trying to remember if there was anything interesting in those episodes that happened, but. <laughs>
1: I don't remember. I
0: don't remember any of these things. I don't remember doing a podcast.
1: Who are you? (laughs) Thank you everyone for those reviews. They They are very kind. And uh, it makes me smile to read them. So leave us more. Thank you.
0: Yeah, we very much appreciate them. And it does make us very happy. And we go, hooray. Somebody said a nice thing.
1: (sighs) Yeah. So, uh, yeah, thanks, everyone. And leave us one. Maybe we should move on to our number three now.
0: Oh, our number three. Yep, I will keep this wagon a-moving. And my number three is
1: Silent Hill. Wait, this isn't your number three. Oh, no, it's my number two. (laughs) This is confusing. Also, did you just say Silent Hill? Yeah. Fuck you. Oh! That's my number one. I've had my revenge! I did the quiz so I could do my number one. Well, now you've just—I've stolen me. it. I mean, this was my plan all along. I'm starting to question this new format. I'd like everyone to give us their feedback on this format. Do you like <laughs> it? Do you hate it?
0: Nikki really hate hates
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying that
0: again. I just feel like I've robbed <sighs> you. I mean, how many times have you robbed me of number ones? You know, general. Uh, general things in my my list and you've always had no remorse for it you've always just been like it's true fuck you i'm doing it be quiet so but i'm gonna be talking a lot on about this from, when you're uh,
1: done so
0: well well let me continue okay. um <laughs> this movie came out in 2006 and is in the horror-y kind of thriller genre um it's So the Silent Hill movie for me was like the first step into the right direction for video game based movies. Um, However, I will say, I think it did a little bit too well of a job at sticking to its source material, um, which I will explain later. But um, now I'm going to try and somehow tell you the plot of this movie, which I feel like I still yet to understand as an adult. (laughs) However, I am gonna not let that stop me um (laughs) basically a mother and daughter have a near like miss kind of car crash thing um and when the mother wakes up she finds out her daughter is missing from the car this basically leads her on to a search through the apparently abandoned town of silent hill um where basically no one is very nice and things will try to murder you um and the walls melt every so often but you know this is marked by an air raid siren so there's that um terror terrifying just pure fear to just into this game um i think what i mean by the source material thing is i think basically you kind of need to have played the game or have some understanding about the game and its mechanics to understand the vibe and certain aspects of what's going on in this movie at all like the fact that the the radio aspect and stuff is still in there, the static and the walls melting and the changing into, you know, the almost eternal like world in Silent Hill. It's never really described. I don't remember it ever being described in the movie. But obviously having played the Silent Hill games
1: or being be familiar. Idea, with yeah. Silent Hill, I don't been think it's really going. described in the games. It's just like, Oh shit, the walls are melting.
0: Oh, yeah, but I don't but... know what it is. It just kind of you accept it in the game. You go, Oh, it's a mechanic, cool. I can deal with that whereas in a movie you're like what is the plot point of this one you know what I (laughs) mean it's weird you do accept a lot more weird stuff I think in video games than you do in movies Um, but I think on the flip side of you know being close to the source material it does such a good job of making sure all the elements and characters and the monster designs are in there um, because they're so good and they're so intricate like it just really works for a horror you know movie um, I just, um, I think with the horror, like, kind of genre, I think it lends itself to video game movies. I have to say, all my favourite video game movies are the horror I was ones. gonna say,
1: yeah, Res- I was thinking that as well, I was thinking, you know, I had Resident Evil and Silent Hill and I was thinking that that one does seem to, to transfer quite well on screen.
0: Yeah. As I have the, the same thing, it just kind of works. I think because, I think there's probably a little bit less plot in horror
1: movies no, and in horror games. This game. was a fucking complex movie. Yeah, I mean, but,
0: but I don't know. Can you describe what it was? <laughs> yes.
1: Okay.
0: Kind of. Kind of. <laughs> no, I can't.
1: I can describe the first part of the film and then when all the shit starts to hit the fan it gets difficult. But same with the game. The game is exactly the same. You're kind of just like, holy hell, what the fuck is happening? And it's really hard to explain it to a like audience. Yeah. For um, both the, the game and the film.
0: I think that's fair, like obviously they try but, yeah. and put you know more uh more emphasis on some story, and you know she meets actual people she can talk to and that kind of thing, and I don't really remember remember meeting people I could talk to very much in Silent Hill, if ever in the game
1: uh yeah, it depends what one you're referring to, I suppose, in the yeah. first one, I guess there's yeah, there's not really normal humans that you talk to.
0: Yeah, it's all kind of that weird thing. And I guess there's not really normal humans in this. Everyone's a bit of a weird cultist or a monster. Um, But I think, um, in general, it just does a really nice kind of job. Um, In terms of the monster design, I think... I I still always remember, like, the nurses and Pyramid Head. And obviously they are in the game anyway, so they've got a great, like, character designer slash monster designer having already designed to them but they did, yeah, they did a nailed, really they good, it really Yeah, they did a really good job of following that and then, you know, making it kind of come to life a little bit more.
1: Well, I watched a bit of it earlier. I watched, I don't know if you remember but the like the janitor in the toilet and if you remember him he's like yes. strapped up in the cubicle and then when obviously the wall starts to melt and he comes out. Sorry, whoever hasn't seen this film will play the game, so be like what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> um, when he sort of comes to life, oh, terrifying.
0: Yeah. It's super Super creepy. I always remember, and the guys with the um, they're kind of like miners, and they've got the canary in the lamp and stuff like that, and they're kind of like predicting when the walls are gonna change and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Just all the all the kind of costumes and stuff in this are just really well done and just really. Do you
1: remember the weird coal children? The weird that terrified me. Yeah. there's, I don't remember if it's connected but I, I remember the scene with the little kid that's like he's all weird and, and like charred and then he just sort of like his head goes away and he like squeals and I remember there was a point where it was like the Ring of Fire was playing and then I remember what happened but there were like loads of them and they were weird and small and creepy.
0: Yeah I think I vaguely remember the cold children. It's been a really long time since I've watched this movie.
1: I was going to do always... an impression of the noise but I stopped myself.
0: Oh I... damn it. <laughs>
1: I want it now. Um, you'll, you'll know it. Like, it, I watched loads of, like, reviews earlier and and it's quite like a pivotal scene where it, like, turns its head and it's all like, ah!
0: you know? <laughs> <laughs> like an
1: angry chicken. I get it. That was fucking great. I it was. I think it was a good noise. It was a great noise. <laughs> if you're going to make a new Silent Hill, hire me. <laughs> we'll work for free. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, I think... I always just remember weird bits of it as well. Like, the woman who gets, like, her entire skin ripped off. Like by one of the monsters outside the church and someone just kinda lifts just like takes her apart. That was no the bit... worst scene
1: is where they have uh so her name I'm gonna remember this. So the actress is Laurie Holden, but the the other oh, the police officer, Sybil Bennett, oh, where yeah. they hoist her up on the ladder and oh, they basically God. burn her alive. I was not okay with that scene. Like that scene kinda traumatized me. That was fucked up.
0: Yeah. I'd forgotten. I think I'd pushed that into the very yeah. back of my memory.
1: Well, we... I don't know if you remember, but I remember watching this movie with you. Yes. It must have been, like, after, like, maybe six or more school. I don't know how old we were, but I remember watching it, and I think afterwards we just... We were just full of questions.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, it was 2006, so we would have been about 16. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, I think we were. I think we just were all sat quite quietly for a while after that one.
1: <laughs> I, I, I really liked this movie. Like, yeah. this was one of the ones that I would say is more than fine. This one gets quite a few (laughs) finds. I, admittedly, like, I have some issues with the later part of the story. That's when it starts to change and divert. Not that it's similar to the first one, but there's a lot more consistency in the beginning. Yeah. Because, you know, it follows a lot like Harry in the first Silent Hill game, where he loses his child and then looks for his child, and it turns out that his child is not necessarily what he thinks and there's yeah. like another child sorry I'm trying really hard not to spoil it
0: no in the school you go to the school and you kind of visit yeah. the same places that you do in the
1: game like yeah, yeah and, and it I agree has with you, it, same kind of story but then and then I guess really that the pivotal point in the end is similar but they just go about in a bit of a different way which I'm okay with I feel like if you're gonna make a video game movie I think stick to it quite a lot if you're gonna divert a bit fair enough but i I quite liked that it was so close.
0: Yeah. Well, this is what I mean. So it, there are parts where it stuck really close to it and it worked really well, but it's literally like because we appreciate the game, I really appreciate that stuff, but I can totally understand if you have never, you know, played or have no knowledge of Silent Hill or any of the mechanics in the game, it, you'll be really kind of confused or weirded out by some stuff mm. like it's it's a little nonsense. To Cool. I can totally understand that but for people who have it's a great like ode to the game
1: it yeah works really I don't well. know I've I read quite a lot of people's reviews saying that people that had never actually seen the game really enjoyed the film as like a horror movie so oh, nice. I think it stands alone better than some other film like yeah. Aventure and I don't think that would stand alone at all but I don't know it's been a long time since I've watched the whole thing through but I think you know it did its best to stand out and I think it did an okay job
0: yeah well I think at its core it's quite an arty movie like the visuals in it are really nice even when you're not you know looking at really gross monsters or stuff like that like the general world and stuff they did and some of the room design and that kind of thing is really nice they just did a really good job at making an arty kind of horror movie
1: foggy towns will always terrify me Fog in general yeah. because of Silent Hill, and they they really got that right, I think. And one of the the things they did as well in the movie that I really enjoyed was the way that when she was kind of in the darker side of Silent Hill, like the protagonist, the the main woman, she she like couldn't leave. And I remember that was such a big thing in the game where like you could just go to the end of the town and it would just be like the floor is gone, like there's no yeah. pavement. It just goes off into like oblivion and I, they had that in the film as well which is I just think there's just such nice touches that you know are present enough that really people that played the game and love the game are like yes this is this is cool and as you were saying earlier the noises so the radio noises and the sirens yeah I mean the sirens from Silent Hill will always traumatise me and they did it well
0: yeah anytime you hear an air raid siren if you're watching like some yeah. kind of like documentary about the world war or something like that it's just instant fear just kind of goes yeah. into
1: you You just have to say the as well that the thing about the sirens I think scared me from when I was younger anyway I've done reason I remember when I was a kid I remember watching this weird film at my grandparents' house and for some reason there was air raid sirens in it I don't know why and it scared me Silent Hill comes out makes it even worse but I remember a little while after probably the film so probably about 17 or something I was staying at our friend's house and it was probably about 3am <laughs> and bear this. in mind she lives basically above what I think is kind of like a military base, right? Uh, Like this this village is basically situated upon a military base. I don't know if you know that. Did you know that?
0: Yeah, you know what? I knew this because of this story, because this is how I found out that there was one like in the field next to it.
1: Yeah, it's it's all underneath. It's weird. Basically, I'm not saying you should, but people always worry that someone's going to, you know, just drop something on that because it would just combust because there's lots of things underneath. There's lots of explosive stuff down there. Uh, I'm obviously not going to tell you where this place is, but um, so I guess air raid sirens go off. Now, I forgot this because I was just staying there and I was 17 and it was, you know, about 3 a.m. And I wake up and I remember, I swear there was flashing out there. I don't remember exactly because I was suffering from trauma at this point, but the (laughs) air raid sirens were bellowing. And I remember thinking, I'm in fucking Silent Hill. It's happening. I'm going to die. The walls are melting. And I like sit up and I'm just like, what's the actual fuck? And she's just like, don't worry, it's fine. Like it's just the 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 base, basically. Something's mean, They're probably just running tests or something's happened. It's it's probably fine. And I'm just like, holy mother of Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I've never I, been the same ever since.
0: I know. I remember hearing that story like the day after or something at school, and just you just being like, Oh god, I was in Silent Hill last night, and then there was just your friend just being like, <laughs> Oh, Oh no, it's it's okay. It was just this
1: thing that happened. I genuinely thing. No,
0: I'm terrified, I'm never going over again.
1: <laughs> genuinely thought I was in Silent Hill for about five, ten seconds. It oh, does that. Anyway, yeah. It's it's terrifying. Like Silent Hill and the aesthetic is fucking terrifying. And they did it in the movie and I think that's why I like it so much. It's a scary film, like it's disturbing. The yeah. weird janitor in the toilet cubicle is horrible. The Pyramid Head is creepy. The nurses are fucking disgusting. The weird coal child that makes the chicken noise is also terrifying. It's good. And I think I would recommend it just as a general horror film. Even if you've never played the game, bear in mind it is a game. So there's going to be things that are probably weirder than what you normally see in a movie. But it's cool. And I like the weird, complex strangeness that happens towards the end of the film where you find out about... The, I'm not going to give it away, but you know, like the the versions of
0: yeah. I mean, yeah, I agree. It like of
1: thingy. It kind of comes, I, I find it enjoyable.
0: Comes together really, um, eventually. Yeah, I think. Yeah, there, and there's some, there's some, there's some weird bits in with barbed wire, but you accept it.
1: <laughs> I think as well. I I just want to mention because it was my number one as well. <laughs> was that was a bit of an ode to the guys who made it. So, apparently, the development of Silent Hill began in the early 2000s because, um, basically, after attempting to gain the film rights to Silent Hill for five years, this guy, whose full name is, sorry, Christoph Gans, sent a video interview to the makers of Silent Hill explaining his plans to adapt it into a movie and how important the games are to him. So, Konami, obviously, who who got that, then awarded him the film rights. And then um, Christoph Gans and... Roger Avery then obviously started working on it in 2004, but I just really liked that. I liked the fact that they were like, hey, we really love this game. Please let us make it into a movie. And they, they actually put quite a lot of effort into doing it. And that is one of my facts, which I will wait for you to do some of yours first before I...
0: <laughs> yeah, I like how you just taken over my number one, like hey, my number two right I now. just I just... Just, just wanted, wanted to no. say you know this is this is exactly you know when it's when it's your time and you've stolen mine it's always like well i'll do my facts and then you know if, if well, you it get wasn't some a fact
1: later well, it, was it was one just me of my saying, facts was it oh i'm sorry yeah. i just wanted to like just in case you weren't gonna mention the guys who made it i just wanted to well, say no did you you didn't wait for my facts you <laughs> all didn't, right, find calm out. down you start by number one all right i know and i'm
0: glad Um, yeah, so that was one of my facts. I did really enjoy that as well, like you said, that he went the whole way there for an interview and he even filmed, like, his own stuff and overlaid it with stuff. And actually, the music from the game, um, and the reason he took such a big care was one of my facts, was that he, Christoph Gantz, really cared about getting the music from the game into the film. Um, I think every single piece of music other than one track, which I feel like is a Johnny Cash song, um... Yeah, ring was from from the game. Um, however, they really wanted the um, composer, the original composer, to do it. Um, but sadly, because of the weird law that over and like production uh, contract that they had, they had to um, get a Canadian uh, composer to do the music. So what they did is they ended up uh, taking the the music from the game and remixing it to fit in the thing, so they could kind of have both. Um, which I thought was nice that he really wanted to get, like, the original composer in uh, to do the music and stuff. Because and it really does help uh, the game and the film kind of fit together really seamlessly. Um, so that was my one of my facts. And my other fact, before I throw over to you for your facts, Nikki, was that the nurses, the dark nurses, um, you know they make that weird, strange stumbling kind of motion when they first yeah. kind of come alive? Um, that was created by filming them walking backwards and then running the, that part of film in Ooh, reverse. So it makes that weird kind of like jolty, not really walking movement. So that's why they look so odd. But it works so well. They're like jerky kind of thing. Yeah, I just I mean, remember them terrifying.
1: They nail the audio, like the creepy audio, like the music, everything. I was going to say, um, yeah, like I adore Akira Yamoka, the guy who did like the original music for the Silent Hill games. Like yeah. I remember there's there's a few sort of like songs that he does that are just so unique to Silent Hill like you hear it and you just know and I remember the first like intro music into the Silent Hill game the first one is this fucking like creepy I can't even describe that that first bout of music but it's so like like reminiscent for me of, of Silent Hill and it just it just continues with that and I think that if you're gonna make a video game movie having like the people that say people that do the, like the music and the audio and everything is it has to be the same to really get that vibe because they they nailed it i think yeah yeah um Definitely. is that all your facts then? I that's thought you'd that's all have more
0: my than that. facts i was quite restrained on my facts because i obviously you know
1: shorter episode and whatnot oh i wasn't um you never are <laughs> uh so i just want to touch upon what i was saying earlier about the um this the, what it was sort of based upon and that's just because I find this place really interesting. So I think we're fine for time because, you know, it's not like I've got number one anymore. So we may as well just talk more upon this one, which is, which is fine. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> you could t- you can talk. <laughs> um, so the screenwriter, Roger Avery, used the town of Centralia, Pennsylvania, as an inspiration for the town of Silent Hill. So I've heard a lot about this town before, and I admittedly... I do really like creepy places, so it, I think it's kind of obvious that they did use Centralia as an inspiration. Like, if you if you played Silent Hill and then you'd read or seen pictures or, or you know, anything or documentaries about Centralia, you'd be like, yeah, this, this place is basically Silent Hill. So Avery commented that as a boy, his father, who was a mining engineer, used to tell him stories about Centralia, where coal deposits from the local mine caught fire and released toxic gas into the town, as well as creating sinkholes when the abandoned mine shafts and coal seams began to collapse, this forced the whole town to evacuate forever. And Avery was always fascinated since childhood by the idea that fires underneath the town would be burning for such a long time. And they still are, apparently. It's horrible. Man, like terrifying. Centralia like, used to just be a normal town and it had quite a lot of people in it. And I think now maybe there's like five people. The streets are abandoned. Most of the buildings are gone. And smoke wafts down graffiti strewn highways where the prosperous town once stood. It's just everywhere. The, the formerly busy burgers turned into a ghost town, pretty much. And, uh, and apparently this is the fact that it's still probably burning underneath and or at least for over 50 years. So it really resulted in the devastation of a community and the eviction and impoverishment of many of its residents. But it's just, it's really dark. And like, I remember I've watched like, apparently it's haunted because I like to watch these ghost shows because, you know, I'm, I'm into it. I just find it entertaining. Um, it's just creepy. And it's like, I know obviously like it's so shit what happened and it's horrible, but Damn, it's like the sight of a perfect horror movie, you know?
0: Yeah, like if you were just gonna do anything, that's yeah, you'd
1: find that that would be great. And so, you know, I, you can kind of sense that a lot in the film, like the whole like burning kind of mine shafts and everything, because that is kind of the Silent Hill kind of feel. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I think they, yeah, it's it's as I said, it's very sad but fucking creepy. Mm. But yeah. they, it's it's good. It's 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 a good inspiration to take i like it when movies take inspiration from kind of real events and things like that because it just makes it feel a bit more real
0: yeah well it kind of you know it is exactly grounding you somewhere right like Mm. you're taking an image that you totally recognize as a real building and stuff and putting it in something that you know you recognize
1: i don't know as well if you knew about how apparently when the script was finished a memo was sent to gans and avery that Uh, they were concerned about the lack of male presence in the film
0: yes i did see this
1: yeah because it basically featured an all-female cast and uh so they basically (laughs) were like hey how do we resurrect this oh i know let's hire sean bean
0: (laughs) and literally put him in the very start of the movie (laughs) in the very end and that's about it
1: yeah sean bean almost feels kind of like harry from silent hill one yeah um but doesn't really know what he's doing. <laughs> he's kind of just like, I'm trying to help, but I don't know what I'm doing. I can't get in, pretty much. I love that that's not Sean Bean's voice at all. <laughs> but it's perfect. I can't get in. Is that Northern? <laughs> yeah, close enough. Shower. no, I can't do Northern. Any Northern people. Hey, my part of my family are Northern. I just, I'm normally really good at a, a Northern accent, but I it's because you I haven't
0: can. done your your normal line to get into it.
1: <laughs> I'm not gonna do it. I can't <laughs> do it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they they go. What fuck can we do? Let's get Sean Bean. Sean Bean's there, and a lot of people criticise his character, and they say that he's basically almost like a pointless pointless character in the movie. But you know, I I, I think he's fine, just doing what he's doing. Like and
0: yeah, he's just, fine.
1: He's fine. He's just being Sean Bean. Just just let him be. He's alive in the movie. That's the main thing. He doesn't die, right? He doesn't,
0: I don't think. This might be one of the only ones he doesn't.
1: I love that we mentioned Sean Bean and Michelle Rodriguez in this podcast.
0: Yeah. The two people
1: that always seem to die in films.
0: Wonderful. They could be a perfect death couple.
1: <clears throat> yep. I don't know. The age difference there is a bit weird. Mm. Um... <laughs> So, let's have a look at my other facts. Oh, like Resident Evil, apparently Gans had a 40-inch television brought onto the set, which he attached a PlayStation two and made... Ev- well, I don't think he made everyone. I think he actually just played the original Silent Hill on the game yeah. on the PlayStation <laughs> so the actors and cinematographers could see how they wanted to emulate car- camera angles and movements. It sounds like he was going to make them, <laughs> ties them to a chair, play a t-
0: I like more the idea where he's like, "Everybody, sit down now. Watch me play this video game for about five hours."
1: Like <laughs> <laughs> anyone, anytime someone tries to leave, he's just like, "No."
0: What do you think? You're staying going?
1: for the whole thing. <laughs> We've not finished yet. Um, <laughs> I like it the demo that he forced them to play it. I'm sure he didn't. He probably just asked nicely. Hey, can you play this? I'm sure he's a very nice, man. Yeah. A little reference to Silent Hill One. Uh, apparently, when Rose is running through a tunnel, on the tunnel walls there is graffiti spelling out on the name Cheryl. Cheryl is the original name of the original young girl character from the first game. So she's yeah. Sharon in the film and Cheryl in the first one. Basically. I wonder why they changed that.
0: Like it's one of those really pointless changing things. You're like really, Cheryl wasn't good enough. Poor Cheryl. The funny thing
1: is, I don't really understand picking Sharon, because one would think that Sharon is a more oldy name. Yeah. As opposed to Cheryl. Who knows? Like, Sharon is, like, the name... No one names their kids Sharon anymore. Yeah, I don't know any Sharon. <laughs> I'm sorry. To all young Sharons, it's just normally you don't find someone that has, you What's, know, whatever.
0: Yeah. It's like finding a young Betty. It's quite rare. Yeah.
1: Not there's anything wrong with that. It's just... I just yeah. I my grandma's it. name. It's just rare. Yeah, it's just you just don't see it as much anymore.
0: Yeah.
1: It's like you know, if someone was to have a baby and be like, "Hey, this is my baby," she's called Ethel. You'd be a bit like,
0: <laughs>
1: "Okay."
0: <laughs> I'm silently judging you, but okay. <laughs>
1: um, yeah. So apparently, as well, that the young girl who played Sharon. Uh, was called Jodell Ferland. She was only ten years old at the time of filming. She did amazing. She was an incredible actress in that she movie. Was. Apparently, Roger Avery had apologized to her parents should she have any signs of mental trauma. Which <laughs> I mean, you watch the movie and you're like, yeah, that 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 kid's gonna have fucking nightmares.
0: Yeah, she's seen some things. I'm having it's...
1: nightmares and I'm sixteen. So. Yeah, right.
0: I mean, I guess it's slightly different when you see them like. In and out of costume, you kind of can not realize it a little bit more. You know what I mean? So it's like I remember um, watching like the behind the scenes of like Insidious the movie, and there was like the main guy dressed as like the the lipstick face demon, his Mm. actual name in the credits, Um, and he was just like hanging out with the small boy and being like, "It's okay, I'm just your friend from before. I've just got weird (laughs) makeup on now." And, the, yeah, the kid just has pure look of terror. But I think he kind of got it,
1: you know? Yeah, I think the thing that might have scared this young girl, which I don't actually know what she's in now, but mm. um, I hope she's okay. But I think it was just some of the scenes that she was present for, you know.
0: Yeah, there's some, there's some not fun ones in
1: there. Well, I've just... You have questions. I've just, uh, I've just Googled her. Oh, she's very pretty. Um she doesn't look that traumatised, but it doesn't look like she's been in very much, really. No. Since not... Well, well she's been in a lot of horror movies. I guess she is traumatised. Um, <laughs> she, she's addicted. <laughs> she can't stop. She um, seems to be in all the horror. <laughs> yeah, she's probably traumatised, but I'm sure she's fine.
0: Nikki's form of <laughs> approval.
1: It's fine. <laughs> uh, my last and final fact is relating to Sybil Bennett. So Sybil Bennett was probably one of my favourite characters in the film because she was exactly the same as like her character from the game. She was a police officer and she was blonde and had short hair. And for some reason, whenever I'm watching a movie that's that's taken from a game and I see someone that's like the same character, I just get really excited because I don't know why I like it.
0: Yeah, I like it sense. being like,
1: oh, it's the same. Um, and anyway, so Sybil Bennett... In the game, if you Google it, she looks just like Cameron Diaz. Like, identical. And apparently Christopher Gans actually originally wanted Cameron Diaz to play Sybil Bennett. Now, I found that fact out and then had a look at her and was like, Jesus Christ, that's probably why. She really does look like similar. If you if you have a Google, you'll see. And I don't know if maybe they just liked, you know, the, the makers of the game just likes Cameron Diaz. I just don't see... Yeah. See what I mean? Yeah, I do kind of see it. It's true. She's Cameron Diaz. So uh, it's a shame that they, they didn't cast her because she would have nailed it. But at the same time, I like the actress that they get to to play her. I think she does a good job despite her grizzly end.
0: Yeah, I definitely think it's that kind of mix. And I think it she works as, as Sybil. Like, it yeah. is very Cameron-y, but she, yeah. I do remember her being a very good cop. Yeah,
1: I I think my kind of summary of Silent Hill is that for me it's my favourite video game film. I wouldn't say that I have any other favourite really. I think yeah. that is the only film that I watched numerous times and I think it still stands the test of time and I think it still stands as a good video game movie.
0: Yeah. Have you watched any of the the sequel? Was there one sequel
1: <laughs> or two sequels? Or <laughs> There was one and it it wasn't amazing. Like the the aesthetics were amazing, the music was great, but I don't think it was very good. It was confusing because Sean Bean was in it, but he was a different character. it was oh, confusing. People went at it. They they really went at it a lot. They were like, "This is." I mean, I don't know what the rotten tomatoes or IMDb score is, but people had a lot of bad Didn't things to well. say about it. But it has Kit Harington in it, and no one's coming for him because he's the best. Well, so, yeah. They they may insult his accent in the movie, but he's my boy. So he did all right. Everyone stay away from Kit Harrington. Yeah. He's precious. Too precious for this world. <laughs> oh, my God.
0: I didn't realize... I'm just Googling it now, and I didn't realize it was based on the third uh, Silent Hill game. Yeah. I always remember the third Silent Hill game because it was in like a video game magazine as a walkthrough that I had i was too scared to play it but i always really enjoyed reading about like what you'd have to do and i was like oh god no i'm so glad but i love the character design of the main like girl yeah um, which weirdly looking at the pictures of this movie they, like they kind of nail her she looks very similar to
1: the the main yeah woman. to be fair i might watch it again because oh well i got it meh. <laughs> i might well oh maybe not it's not fine don't watch it again i mean it got by the looks of it five out of ten on well, i do which isn't too bad i don't know i remember thinking that it was disappointing compared to the first one
0: yeah the first yeah. film Might as well i think
1: the first. i just was like well kit harrington's in it so
0: what's well, not to love yeah. yeah and
1: malcolm mcdowell as well so fair yeah um Yeah, sorry, I'm totally reading the synopsis and getting distracted and very confused. Yeah, we're just having a chat now. We're just like, oh
0: yeah, we should really, maybe we should do that. We should get together and watch it, is essentially what we're saying on that one. In summary, Silent Hill (laughs) is more than fine. In review, (laughs) we decided not to review. (laughs) Um... Cool. Let's Ooh. not
1: start a film review podcast. <laughs> I don't think we're going to do a good job.
0: Yeah, I don't think this is in our future. I think we should go back to video games. But this has been a very nice break and a very interesting, different episode for us to do. So we'll do more of these. Yeah. Um, I'll try to edit this down to a, a shorter podcast. At the moment, we're uh, close to our normal rate, and you know we've done oh, half shit. the
1: work we normally do. <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> I don't quite know how we've done it. We spoke about Silent Hill for about half an hour, probably. Yeah. Um but then it was my number one and your number two so whatever i don't know how this has happened we just talk too much i'm sorry well we have a podcast so i'm not sorry
0: yeah i mean this is that's our job solely what we enjoy doing um in that case we shall wrap up this podcast and do all our i guess normal bits and bobs um yeah like say come visit us on twitter we post things and you can find out more information about like what we're doing and when we're streaming on there and that's at game till five um or you can follow nikki individually at alika she does lots of nice cosplay things so you can go check out her progress on stuff on there um you can also join our discord like nikki said what nikki
1: uh well our Discord's just game till five but we have lots of forums that we're going to... Well, I say forums, threads that we're going to set up. Or we have set up already. So we'll set up one for this one soon. So you can come talk about your... It will already be on there. Your top five video game movies. Yep. And your previous top fives as well. So uh, I will send an invite out. I'll do my best to do that so you can pick that up. And we also, as I said earlier, have the the coffee account. So if you just search coffee Game Tour 5 or find it on our Twitter. And if you want to support us in some ways, you can. And we'll... Shout that out and be very appreciative of that.
0: Yeah. And hopefully soon we can get some more like little goals and stuff set up. And um, we are in the process of designing some stickers. So hopefully we can get them sent out at some point soon. Yeah. Um, and the last thing that I'm trying to remember what I have to mention.
1: Um, I, mean, I was also going to mention that obviously, our, according with our, with our stream and everything, we'll be doing No Man's Sky soon. So that's something to look out for. Yeah, that's what I was
0: thinking. I was thinking yeah. that we need to figure out when we're going to stream and we will let you know on Twitter. Keep an yes. eye on there. So, cool. yeah. Yeah, and well, that's the end of our
1: podcast. Sweet. Thank- Thanks for uh, creating some cool quizzes and music for us today. I hope everyone enjoyed or and is not too traumatised.
0: I don't think they will be. I think they'll love it forever.
1: Let us know if you like this new format, if you hate it, if you hate Steph's music. Just let us know drop us a, a message or a tweet
0: yeah you can always email us at gametill5 at gmail.com um, we like getting mail we don't get very much of it but I like it when we do and drop us a review if you like to yes make sure you sorry we're on so iTunes. needy so
1: I know sorry. all
0: of these things please go here do this follow us
1: <laughs> you don't have to you can just listen to us if you want yeah, you don't fine. even just, have to do that just
0: one worry. of the things just one it's all we're asking
1: um, in that case I'm going to say
0: night Nikki Good day.